As we discuss microchurch templates to modify, I'm wired a little bit different than a lot of people. You know, a lot of my friends, they want to talk about precepts and principles. They do not want to get into the how-tos. They, they don't want to be uh, prescriptive. They want to be descriptive. Well, I, I'm looking for a prescription. I'm looking for a little help. If I'm building out a page on my website, I'm looking for a template that I can change all around, make it into whatever I want it to be. But I need something to start with just to kind of get the gears going. So that's what I'm really trying to hope to give to you today. And as we get into this, I want to talk about scalability. Scalability is crucial. And we're, we're trying to build networks. And so we've got to be able to scale up. And so there are some factors that we need to consider here. The first is that we need an easily reproducible model for everything that we do. I, I mean, if you want to get into other cultures eventually, and that's what I did a lot of uh, cultures across the world, uh, it needs to be something that is simple enough that it's transcultural. You know, Einstein said we should drive for simplicity, but don't be too simple. In other words, we, we want it to be very simple, very easy to reproduce, and yet we don't want it to be watered down or shallow. There needs to be hands-on training. Again, here, disciples who make disciples, leaders who disciple other leaders, and the model that we've built into microchurch and the model into our churches is raise somebody up to take it over, and then you move on. And then there needs to be a continuing example. Since I was 25 years old, I have always led one to three microchurches. Now, usually one, other than a microchurch for leaders, and certainly I lead my staff and, and, and operate the staff meeting, uh, about 60% of the staff meeting, as if it was a large microchurch. But I sometimes will work with somebody who doesn't quite fit in our church, but they fit with their friends. And so I want to engage their friends. So I'm going to do another microchurch besides the one that I do with my wife and whatever. Uh, oftentimes I'm, I'm the Lone Ranger in this, that I go to where some different group of people are. And, and so I, I'm, I'm setting an example always because whatever I'm experiencing in microchurch leaks into my Bible teaching on the weekend. And so that sets an example. Uh, I know what they're dealing with and the problems that they face. And so I know how to modify things a little bit. I can help people. I can encourage people. And then there's this business of uh, championing vision. I want to champion vision and results. And I want to do this through uh, networking people together, special events to pull people together, the books that we read. I want to, to use books that feed into the vision. Uh, I've written a book, Let Go of the Ring. I think you should write a similar book that's for your people, because what gets in print gets believed. And it, it becomes a really great filter for inviting people into the church who want to think like you and inviting people not to be in the church uh, as they come as first timers. And so very important thing. Uh, I would I use email a whole lot, you know, blanket emails. Today, I most certainly would use Zoom for leadership gatherings, especially when we're on other continents doing the things that we do and, and then white papers. And so... You know, the whole basis for whatever I've done in an in-house uh, microchurch network is to lay a foundation through teaching more than preaching. Partly 
foundational teaching. This is what we're all about. This is what ecclesia is. This is, you know, what leadership is about in the body of Christ. Um, this is what spiritual gifts are all about. I want to lay that foundation. But that foundation then begins to uh, be a centering point for the discussion that's going to happen in the microchurches. We've talked about this almost endlessly. We start with food and fellowship. We get into questions about what did you hear from the Holy Spirit? What are you going to do about it? And how can we come alongside it and help you? And that causes people to learn to listen to the Spirit, to be accountable to what they believe the Spirit is saying. And then it helps other people discover and engage their spiritual gifts as they reach out to help their people. And of course, we soak the thing in prayer. And so here comes the first template. It's a template for a microchurch meeting. Now, obviously, you're going to want to vary from this. This is just what I've done. We use the first 20 to 25 minutes to do several things. One, allow people to come in late without interrupting something that's really important. Um, allow people to share testimonies. Hey, I prayed for you last week. What happened? Or I got you that job interview. You did anything come with that? And, and you just get a chance to share life, decompress. And it really does become a testimony time because they usually spend much of their time talking about what the Lord did in their life. Then we spend five minutes to remember the material, whatever it is that we're talking about. And usually I'll just go around and ask people, I start and, and I give it. And then I ask others to give it two or three words that you remember from what the guy said on the weekend or a woman or was talking on the weekend. And that's just to kind of get it back into their memory, get it fresh again. And then we'll spend about 45 minutes to an hour to answer those three core questions. And then five to 15 minutes devoted to prayer. The best microchurches I've ever led were the ones that, that were so focused on prayer. And the way that we do prayer in a microchurch is you don't, we don't take prayer requests. You, you pray for what people brought up in the meeting. And some of the one microchurch that I was in in Hawaii, uh, it grew pretty large. And when it came to prayer time, uh, we spent so much time in prayer that we finally divide, divided the men from the women. And so that we could be praying concurrently and we would spend less time in prayer and more praying would get done. And then I think an important thing here when we're talking about a meeting template is to end at a stated time. Now, you know, I like to look for 90 minute meetings. But if things are really hot and they're hopping in your group, you might ask permission to extend that to, you know, another 15 minutes or even another half hour, but get permission and then do end at the stated time. Then as we push this a little bit further, uh, we're laying a foundation through teaching and, and we're discipling members around the sermon. And then we're discipling leaders around books and experience. Again, the, the, the basics here are what do you hear from the Holy Spirit? How will that impact your ministry? What are you doing in ministry? But here's a template for a microchurch planter training session. 10 to 15 minutes to decompress and share testimonies. You heard that one before. Five minutes to remember the material. Now, mostly this will be a book that we have read together or a video that we've you know put out for everybody to watch together and when i say together i mean at home on their own but in concert with each other in sync with each other and then 45 minutes to an hour to answer those three core questions and then in this meeting we're going to do something a little different we're going to solicit and discuss 
problems and tensions that the microchurch pastors are facing in their groups. And we want this to be a real wide open discussion. I want input from other people rather than just input from me. I confess my problem is I like to be the answer man. Uh, it's, it's my little play Pope deal. And I need to really try to put a cork in it and get other people talking to other people. Uh, it would be a lot better if I do that. And then of course we pray. And again, I want to try to end at the state of time, particularly when you're dealing with a lot of leaders. Yeah, I mean, you got leaders that are carrying heavy responsibilities in, in their working life. You got some people are getting up at 4 a.m. because of their job. Uh, we had a lot of people in, that were involved in the inner island airways, uh, the airlines in Hawaii. And these guys would get up, you know, real middle of the night to do their thing. They need their, their rest. I need to end on time. And then as we again look back to our chart, the, the fourth thing that we do is that the lead pastor and the elders send and coach, and the big word here is coach, uh, reproducing leaders as they become church planters. And so I call these launch pad meetings. This is when I'm going to get together with a guy who is getting ready to go out the door. And I reserve this for myself in the churches that we planted. Now, Remember, we were not doing a lot of microchurches uh, as autonomous microchurches. We did microchurches inside the church. And so this would have nothing to do with me, what I'm saying in, in this particular section here. We didn't, I didn't do launch pad meetings with in-house microchurch leaders. The leader probably did that was sending them, you know, or or hiving off, handing off to them. But I did launch pad meetings with whoever was out the door or going to be out the door to go out and plant a mid-sized congregation. I would certainly do this with whoever is going to go out and, and it would be, there would be less meetings. I, I'd meet six, eight weeks, sometimes up to three months with somebody who's going to go and plant a church of a couple hundred people. If they're doing a micro church, I'm going to meet with them once or twice. But again, I, in my situation, I will reserve this to myself, partly because I want there to be, um, I, I want the system to work well. I, I don't want exact clones, obviously, or I wouldn't be doing this teaching that I'm doing, but I do want things to have a certain similarity in terms of our culture. And so I'm going to spend time with these guys. And again, we're going to get together and spend 10 to 15 minutes just decompressing, just talking story, as we say in Hawaii, what's going on? And then 45 to 90 minutes for the planner to share their thoughts and their tensions with the disciple-making pastor. I, I just want them to talk. I want to I listen a lot. If you notice a little graphic on the screen, there's two-way communication here. I want the, the upward communication. If the, if the guy in the top corner is a mentor, I want the upward com communication to dominate this thing a little bit. I want to hear what they have to say. And so as, as we get into this, we're going to definitely solicit and discuss problems and tensions. We really want to get into what's eating people as they're getting ready to go out the door. Because what we have found is as a group is getting ready to go out the door, little jealousies arise. Uh, once they get out the door, that can become a real problem. Uh, somebody who went out with a certain set of expectations and then the pastor's not meeting those expectations, the planter, whatever. And so we need to, you know, kind of go from there. 
I, I want to spend time praying with this person, and then I want them to know that their issues and their needs are in my prayer list. This is a, an important thing. And then I think it's important in this situation to keep the schedule open-ended. I don't want to set a 90-minute meeting, and then I got to run off to something else with a guy who's a potential church planter. I want to make sure I've cleared the deck so that guy and I can talk as long as he needs to talk. And just for review here, I'm sticking this in because I stick it in everywhere. I want to go back over the three transferable questions. And I want to tell you, these work in Manila. They work in Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. They work in Rangoon. They, they work uh, just about anywhere you want to go. They'll work in, in, in Texas. They'll work in France, they are working in all these places. They're working in Kenya, in the countryside. And so, so simple, so transferable, and it makes us so scalable in what we do. And so here are these three transferable questions. What did the Holy Spirit speak to you while the pastor was talking or while you were reading the assigned book if we're in a leadership setting? Second question is, what will you do because of what the Holy Spirit said to you. We're calling people to hear the Spirit. We're calling people to be accountable to the Spirit. And then how can we help you or pray for you? And obviously, this is designed to help people, but it's also designed to help us learn our spiritual gifts. Because as we get involved serving one another in love, spiritual gifts emerge.